You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Borderline Idealist would like to have a special shout out to Sarah for becoming our most recent Patreon. If anyone else is interested in supporting the show, we'd ask you to log on to borderlineidealist.com and click the Patreon link in the menu. And Really easy <laughs> and quick. And thank you guys for all the support for listening for any donations that you give us. It really helps us to keep going, keep our website up, uh, keep getting more interviews for people, and really motivates us to keep going. So thank yeah. you to everyone, but a special, special thank you to Sarah for becoming our most recent patron. So Awesome. She's awesome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Borderline Dillas. This is AJ. Hey, guys. This is Chris. And today we have a special guest. You've met her before already. Braylin. Would you like to say hi? Hello, everyone. So, yeah. Braylin, you met her a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Um, was we... it you have BPD now what? Yes. I think. Is that what the. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> was that the episode, Braylin? <laughs> I think that's what it was called. Well, what? she's do, also a listener. Do you listener. know our episodes, Chris? <sighs> it's on our Wikipedia page. Okay, you can look it up. Anyways. It's an episode list. Okay. So, yeah, Brilliant's joining us oh. for another discussion today. <laughs> um, this week's uh, discussion panel will focus on <laughs> dating with BPD. So, I just want to say yes. we don't have a Wikipedia page yet, but if somebody wants to create it, that would be nice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yes, we're concentrating on dating with BPD. So either you're um, you're like Chris and you're dating somebody that You've has met someone, B- yeah, that has yeah, BPD. with BPD, and you're you're trying to understand that, or you know you're like Braylon and I, and you know you have BPD, and you're reaching out to somebody else that may or may not have it, you know? Just how how it affects you, um, how dating is affected by borderline personality disorder. On both ends. Yeah. Both. Those All around. Don't. Yeah, I mean, and it's sort of, I feel like since we met every year, roughly around the same time that we have our anniversary, we got a reminiscent about how we started. <laughs> and... So we just celebrated our first year of marriage uh-huh. back in... When, what's the date, Hajani? Braylon, what's the date? <laughs> oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> it's May 1st, so we celebrated our first year. I knew that. Uh, uh-huh. I was going to say yeah, it. Sure. Oh my God, now you're going to think I didn't know. <laughs> oh God, I'm not going to get the end of this. <laughs> we celebrated our first year of marriage. May so, 1st. Yay, we made it to the first year. Only 999 more to go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so we were... I found the messages that AJ and I exchanged when we first met online. And it's funny how... I just think it's really... Just... 
nice to look back and reminiscent about who we i mean because what we said in those messages kind of reflect who we were at that time and it's just kind of cute the messages i yeah, feel like it's i, I think messages. it's cute how witty i am like if I, if I was on the the other side of that, I would be like, yeah, I would, would totally date yourself. I would definitely saying. fall in love with this oh, okay. guy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're you're really lucky. Mm-hmm. You're, so lucky. Wow. I so mean, lucky. I'm a poet. So now, um, listeners, let's talk about how you may not be lucky if <laughs> no, um, no, it's been. It's been great. I mean, it's been a wonderful ex- ride these past couple of years. It's has some ups and it's definitely has some downs. And I think the most important thing to do is to discuss it honestly. And that just because I can be it can go either way where we don't want to paint a rosy picture. And then, of course, I think most people know that relationships don't really work like that. They're, we're not living in Disney films. And where um, everything goes great and maybe you have an argument, but then other than that, everything's wonderful. Um, But at the other end, we've come across some people that uh, post stuff online about how dangerous and it could be to date someone with BPD or to just drop everything and run away as soon as you know, you know, (laughs) and and that's also a very distorted view. So I think sharing our experiences and the experiences of Raylin as well will I think help better make a more informed discussion about what goes on and what, what can happen what can, you can expect here to shed some light yes <laughs> Raylin do you have anything to add before we kind of review these cute adorable messages that Chris and I send ourselves I'm oh, talking about I'm myself when messages. I say cute and adorable. Mm. <laughs> I'm ready for cute messages. But, um, <laughs> but I think, um, you know, just to kind of reiterate what, what Chris said, you know, um, I I myself have researched and come across the same kind of perspective that it's dangerous and that, you know, it just, it's a difficult relationship to have and you have to be you know, you have to be cold-hearted with these people, and, you know, I think that's, I think that that's a huge misconception, and I think, um, I think that from an outside perspective, you know, anybody can, can be wronged by somebody, anybody can be hurt by somebody, um, but I think it's, I think it's also important, uh, to take the good with the bad, so I think that it's important to, you know, kind of combat that, that negativity with the positivity that relationships like you guys show, you know, mm-hmm. the, you guys prove all of those things wrong and that it is possible to, you know, it is possible to be committed and be happy and in a loving, positive relationship mm-hmm. with or without any mental disorder yeah. um, or with them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all relationships and even down to friendships, you know. Um, it's all about, it's all about gaining that trust and maintaining it. And again, open and communicating honestly and effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everybody comes with their own stuff, you know. It's not one thing, yeah. it's, it's another. Yep. And that's the, 
the thing about dating, you know, when you present yourself to somebody else on the first date, you can just be like, oh, wow, this person is great. They have it so together. <laughs> and, you know, that's why people discourage moving in so quickly. Because uh, <laughs> you want to get to know the person. Yeah. You know, first impressions can be very difficult. Um, well, it's that just that. Yeah. Their first impressions. Yeah. Like, people are more than just the first impressions. Mm -hmm. So it's good to, to, to um, you know, be honest and, and actually do some of the work about getting to know another individual. Um, but let's get started with some of these, uh, this message. So Ajani was the first one to message me. So let that be known for the record. Because I'm brave. I didn't seek him. He sought me. Um... So, <laughs> oh, you, oh, oh! You thought you thought you were the only one. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I sent at least six of these messages today. So, <laughs> what, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so Anjani, so we met on OkCupid, and not you know this is not an advertisement or anything like that. But for us, it seemed like that was the best platform, based on my experience, and I've been on many of other platforms. Um, OkCupid seemed like the best chance for me and it ended up proving to be right because I met Ajani just because of this, the way that they're set up and, and the interactions. Yeah, and but stuff that I've people have met on Tinder and Grindr yeah, just, and I, that's what I said. Lot, I mean, yeah, that, but that's what I said. This is my own personal Craigslist. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, I'm just saying whatever works for people, <laughs> but my, is not my, based on my experience and maybe some people have not tried OkCupid. So this is, you know, Maybe it's not so bad. So, Ajani sends me a message saying, Hey, what's up? I'm an INFP. We'd be perfect match if you weren't so J. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, of course, I had my INFP, uh, my Briggs Meyer uh, acronym on my profile as well. And that's where he got it. And you J was for jealousy. INFJ, yeah. Yeah, mine's INFJ. Um, Look how witty I am. <sighs> I mean... So I was like, you know... Initially, I was like, oh, wow, so I guess he must have read my profile because, you know, he said something to that effect. So, so I replied, good morning, sir. I'm always very proper. I don't know why <laughs> when I'm interacting online, I feel I always have sir and I'm full sentences. Complete. Really? Wait, can you read the message and not like, Okay, excuse me. You need to explain so, yourself now. So I replied, good morning, sir. It does appear that we <laughs> are a good match on the Briggs Maya personality test. Smiley face. What did you mean by, if you weren't so J, did you mean that if I weren't so judgmental? LOL. P.S. You have a fantastic smile. <laughs> um, and he replied, it's like you can read my mind. Yeah. I meant if you weren't so bad first impressions with bad grammar. Oops. <laughs> um, what do you, thank you for the compliment smiling now. I'm glad you think so. You are pretty adorable yourself. Um, and so that got the ball rolling. I'm so adorable. <laughs> you said I was adorable. Oh, okay. So, yeah, sure. um, so it, I think for me, it was like, I knew a relationship had potential if somebody replied to me in complete and sentences, or at the very least, thoughtful responses, where as opposed to just a couple of words like I need, up, I need to tell you going, something what I need to tell you something 
Um, that was actually my assistant that was responding to you. I don't know how to read or write. Okay. <gasps> the truth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a telenovela. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was just dictating it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, and, and you mentioned that because, you know, I'm like, um, as I mentioned, I, I like doing complete sentences, even when texting and, um, and you don't. <laughs> so, and well, I'm not a stickler. Like, I'm not going to be like, you didn't use the comma there. Then that's it. <laughs> An Oxford comma is better, but you know, whatever. But at, at least have some thought and energy into your messaging. And that's my thing. So then we, we ex- started talking. So this was on the first date on the 21st. That's when we exchanged February 21st, when we first exchanged messages. We talked about, um, of course, grammar. (laughs) Uh, But then we went on to talk about jobs. You told me about what you were doing. And I told you about my my job at the time. Um, Then we talked about our jobs in general. Continued on to talk about um, family. And... And one of the things that I realized back here, going through your messages, is that within that first day of communication, you expressed to me that you had depression. So the message read, I went through some depression during college. It got pretty bad, but I got through it thanks to my fam. Fam is a hipster millennial, uh, say, family, FYI. I moved here last year for a job. Everything's trying... It's trying to get pricey in the area since the new Central Stadium is getting built. Anyways, so that, you know, I was, um, I've, when I first read that depression, I never dealt with it in a relationship type of way. The closest thing that I was to, that I've been around to depression was with my sister. But when she was going through depression was in, co- in high school, I was already in college I wasn't home a lot, um, and I didn't really pay attention. Like, I wasn't as involved with her. Like, I remember sitting down and talking to her one time, um, and we talked a little bit, but it was, I didn't feel like it was. I was as emotionally invested hmm. that time. And I feel really bad looking back on it, you know, because I could have been that big brother to been a little bit more supportive, I feel like. But... She wasn't, she didn't want to talk about it. And, um, it it was hard for her to express, I I guess, at that time, what she was going through. So, you know, when I read that depression, I was like, okay, well, it seems like he's doing all right now. So, you know, I just, uh, I just kept that in my mind and, but I was glad that he brought it up. And that was within that first day of communicating. So... It wasn't like you came out and say, oh, so I have this and this and this and this and this. Do you see what I'm talking to me? <laughs> but you were open. You opened up that door to talk about other things with just that thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then we went on to discuss about family and, um, and sarcasm and <laughs> some of these other little things before we exchanged numbers and... and and we started communicating. Did I tell you that sarcasm was my coping mechanism, and that means I'm in a lot of pain? You <laughs> didn't say that. In the messages. Did I tell you, oh, I think I think that was on the third date. Yeah, I didn't want to overload you. Yeah, but you were like, yeah, sarcasm is my thing. <laughs> um, 
When I but, say thing, I mean... <laughs> now I know. <laughs> it's a medical thing, not just thing. It's who I am. <laughs> um, oh, and I love... So you're, when we exchanged numbers, um, I, I, when I gave him my number, they didn't realize that we hadn't exchanged names yet. We were still <laughs> under... Um, our usernames. Our usernames. So he was like, my name is Ajani. And then he did the... Um, the spelling of how it was, the pronunciation yeah the pronunciation yeah. Uh, johnny and i was like okay my name is and then i'm like christian but my name is spelled really weird if you've been to our website you see um so i'm like my name i go by chris um so and i was like we both have weird names <laughs> <laughs> he's perfect for me i feel I like we should create a um a blog post to go along with this so we can share these pictures that we have because uh, I, 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 I screen grabbed all of his profile, his pictures, his um, the things that he had listed, his favorite summaries. Oh my like God, that. stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I followed him home. I found out where he worked. <laughs> okay. No, um, I, <laughs> no. Well, I, I, I screened that because, you know, I really like talking to you. So I was like, I would go back to your profile all the time and just reread stuff. And I'm like, you know, it wasn't necessarily to look, hunt for cues or anything like that. But I felt like, I don't know. Reading no, it. I I did the same thing because it made me feel kind of like closer to you or mm-hmm. like I was getting to, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, this is all I have of the person really right now. <laughs> yeah. All I know of them is their, their profile, which is like their Wikipedia page, I guess, you know, what they want I you guess. to know about them. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> that was, that was our first interaction and it just went downhill from there. Um <laughs> Well, up, I guess uphill. I don't know. <laughs> Braylon, do you want to talk about... Well, I, I really wanted to ask, did, in, in your current relationship, did you bring up your BPD or any of your struggles? Um, um, so early? I'm, not, I'm not currently one, but oh. I definitely, um, I definitely have found it not only important and relieving for me, mm-hmm. um, but just important in general as far as moving forward. Um, it does take a bit of vulnerability to be open and honest about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't you don't know how somebody is going to react when being told that. You don't know what their perception is going to be on that. And also you know, I think all of us want to be known as, as the humans we are, you know, as exactly. a personality we show and not, you know, not be defined by the condition box. that you may have yeah. or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I have always been honest with my friends and even with my process now, um, I'm very open and honest with them about, you know, if there's any new diagnoses or just things that I'm learning. So I'm just very open about that process because I find that when you're open like that, first of all, it is a, you know, it is a conversation starter. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think that you can, you know, for, from my experience, I found that a lot of times once you show that vulnerability, then 
the person on the receiving end is more liable to be vulnerable themselves and mm-hmm. kind of tell you things that you need to know, um, but that maybe they wouldn't be so forthcoming with um, for the same reasons that I just shared. Right. Um, and so, you know, I've obviously, I have experienced some some negativity or a bit of backlash when sharing that um, from people who don't understand, and that's okay, but more times than not, I've received, you know, a lot of positive feedback um, about being, about being open and, and upfront about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Ajani didn't have anything on his profile about any of his conditions or anything like that. Um, but he was, like, I, I just read at the very first interaction, he did mention one something, and it was vague, and it was, you know, it was something that you know, it's in the past. Um, but it, like I said, it allowed that op- that window to be open for further conversations when we did first meet in person. And when we did first meet in person, you did tell me that you have. Right. Well, yeah, I I kind of learned if I don't. Th- that's something that can break up a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I've had people be like, "Oh no, I don't want to deal with that." You know, so, <laughs> so that's like you know because I, if I if I told you that I was dealing with depression, it was because I really liked you, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to know if you were gonna be like, "Oh wait, this is something I can't deal with." You know, right. <laughs> and I'm sure it was really I've hard done that for before. You. you know, I've heard that I've heard that before. I've done this before. No, I didn't. No, I don't want to do that again. It's too draining. No, my my mom had that before and I had to take care of her. And I don't want to I don't want to do that again. And I mean, and those know. are valuable. Yeah. I mean, okay. you can't fault people for. But I want to tell you early because I don't want to fall for somebody. And then. then right. But my thing was, that, you know, those are valuable points. If somebody's had to deal with that condition for years on end with a personal relative or something like that, mm-hmm. it, you know, it can, if especially if it wasn't a good, if the other person wasn't dealing with it positively, if they weren't taking their medicine and they didn't want to seek help, things like that, then that could cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. So I can understand their point. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, um, it's, you know, it's it basically is you not only allowing yourself to be vulnerable, but also because you want to make sure that you don't waste your time. You know, you don't want to invest so much energy into a relationship and then say that later and then it just falls apart. I can, I can only imagine. Um, it's like, you know, um, well, that's not a good example, but I can imagine that. Can and you? <laughs> you're like well i could well well no, you know what wait <laughs> i could imagine that because i mean i had something that i withheld from you early on and it wasn't until later on that i told you you're drawing a blank <laughs> um, what it was something bad <laughs> no it wasn't bad oh so, okay yeah okay so, full disclosure, guys, I'm a dreamer. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I was brought to the States with that, um, uh, when I was little. And so, I don't formally have, uh, I'm not a formal citizen of the United States. So, that's always been something that's been really hard for me to 
talk about because I was always raised to be like, you need to be really, really quiet about this because you can get us in trouble. <laughs> hmm. um, and, you know, my parents are like, don't trust anyone because anybody can, you know, call the cops on us or something like that. Um, so I was always very guarding of that information because I'm like, well, you know, what if, you know, my mom's like, well, what if you break up and the person does, you know, wants to do you harm? If somebody wants to do you harm, that's a very good way to go about it, you know? Mm. So I didn't tell you until a couple of months into our relationship, I think about three or four, you had already moved in. Yeah. <laughs> so, when, <laughs> so when he moved in, I was like, oh God, I got to tell him because this is moving fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that because you came and you were just like, you had like this, this look in your face and you're just like... I have something to tell you. I was like, oh my God, he has a deadly disease and he's dying. And he only has three more days to live. And he thought that he'd never fall in love, but he has. But he doesn't know how to go on without telling you the truth. I was, I'm sorry, really dramatic. Yes. <laughs> I'm in love with a dying man. <laughs> well, technically, we're all dying, but yes. And I remember... Um, I think I was a little mad. You were upset because you're like, well, why haven't you told me this before? I mean, I told you I had BPD. (laughs) Okay. Jeez. So I'm like, okay. It didn't scare me like that. I mean, I was really scared. See, the thing is that that information wasn't just something that affected me, but it affected my whole family. Yeah. You know? So it was, I had my reasons and... I didn't really under I didn't really understand uh, what, what it really meant. To be a dreamer, you know, you kind of just hear about it. You know, these are people that are, were brought to the States at a very young age and are basically not citizens, but I guess kind of are, but not really. They can't, you know, you can't vote. You can't, you know, Chris and I are married and I I thought, you know, I thought if you married somebody, then they become a citizen. Like, ta-da, like that's how it happens, (laughs) right? Like that's what they teach you in school, right? There's only so many ways you become a citizen, right? I mean, (laughs) but it costs a lot of money and it takes some time. And Chris may have to like go back to Mexico and then come back through the border. And who knows if Trump will let him back in. So, (laughs) so. Oh, we won't go down that road. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's just a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand why you didn't. didn't So anyways, but that was something that I didn't, that I withheld and. And it was for my own, you know, I had my own reasons and stuff. And But finally we did address it and it was fine. And you were fine, you know, and that was, and everything was great. <laughs> but uh, from your side, when you were talking, going back to BPD and mental illness, <laughs> from your side, um, I remember the, even on our first date, you did open up about it. And it, you didn't tell me about everything, but you you were honest about uh, be having BPD, and you explained it in, in simple terms, <laughs> and and basically I went back and I I looked it up, and I feel like that's the most important step that people can take, mm-hmm. and I can understand if you wanna you know don't wanna disclose that on the first date that can be that can be very intense for I guess for both parties. Um, but, uh, you know, you can kind of, I think, I feel like you can kind of 
guess who the people are, you know, based on your previous conversations, right? If you've exchanged messages for a couple of days, you can kind of gauge if they're like complete um, religious, like, well, <laughs> I don't want to say that, but if they believe that only the Bible cures all and, you know, they don't believe in modern medicine and things like that, then you're probably going to think, well, they're not going to agree <laughs> or they're not going to be understanding about this condition. Um, so I think you can kind of gauge where people may be and, and, and accepting that or whether they're open to learning about it. I want, I want to ask Braylon, um, what kind of, Braylon, what kind of rejection have you, um, if you want to talk about it, you don't have to. Um, where you can talk about it vaguely, but um, could you talk a little bit about maybe rejection from people understanding uh, some uh, something that you're going through, something with your BPD, or to do a, a mental illness? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> honestly, even when I when I initially started this whole process, um, even even my parents. Uh, didn't didn't understand. Um, you know, my mom's side of the family does have the depression background, and so she had dealt with my grandmother in depression, but she had never really she had never really understood it even then. And my biological dad's side of the family had their fair share of demons, anxiety, and depression included. So, you know, even my own parents, it was it was very new for them because as their child, mm-hmm. you know, now they're in a now they're in a position where it's not just like, oh, okay, well mom will do her thing and she'll figure it out or you know, these simple answers. Right. You know, they have a child they have a child who really, you know, is is crying out for help and, and needing help that really they don't have the the training in the case of the religious gifts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they can't give me as much positivity. But I've dealt with it um, as far as even on a friend level too. Um, as far as, you know, sharing that with people and they're like, oh, that's a lot to handle. Mm. Or, you know, I just don't have enough time to allocate to you. Mm-hmm. Um Things, things of that you know of that nature, um, and relationship-wise, I have been lucky as far as relationship-wise that most people have been um, pretty understanding, and they have been willing to learn and willing to um, kind of roll with the punches, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I've also had some people that um, I was interested in and was open about that because you know much like you were just discussing Chris like no one wants to waste each other's time and so you know there you are going to run into those people who are just unable or unwilling to go down that road with somebody yeah as I said, I also have, I've run into more acceptance than I have rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and I'm grateful for that. I've definitely been lucky. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, you're going to experience that. 
but I feel as if that's, I feel as if that's almost something that you deal with in life in general, you know, um, whether it be the way you live your life or your ideals or, you know, your thought process even, um, or just as something as simple as your choices, you know, you're going to have people who agree with them and accept them and are supportive and then you're going to have those people who disagree and mm-hmm. feel like that's not exactly the right thing. So, you know, I feel like just in general, you deal that, you deal with that a lot in yeah. life. Um, and I feel like there is, you know, we like to think that the stigma has been released off of, <laughs> off of these mental disorders and, um, you know, these mental illnesses, but the reality is that for a lot of people who have not had that exposure to it, there is still, you know, some hesitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and re- so... Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, the that rejection has certainly come my way. And it's, it's difficult when they're first telling you, um, but then... You know, turning around, turning that around into positivity. Well, at least I know that that is where they stand, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't have to keep pursuing, knowing mm-hmm. that this is not something they want to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the important thing is, I mean, just like you, Braylon, I've met more people that uh, were willing to be open. Yeah, try to understand than reject me but the rejection was pretty hard especially when someone says it about your your mental health you know it feels like something that you really i mean you can you can try to have some control over it but it's it's still something that you're struggling with yeah um but you know rejection and and dating happens a lot from you know people not being good looking enough to... Or not having the right career or I mean, I've good had, goals. I've had life. guys tell me, I don't date black guys. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say, you know, I, I don't know. I don't find black guys attractive or something. I don't know. No. I don't know what the right thing to I, I, I've You could just a, say, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I the, the, that, that just feels so weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember um, when Ajani told me, when and when he was, well, this was after we had started dating. You know, he had already disclosed everything. And at one point, I can't remember one time you asked, I think this was around the time that you were having uh, panic attacks. And you asked me if I really was sure that I wanted to do this, as in being this relationship. Because you're like, you know, I don't just, this is going to be part of your life now. (laughs) And um, he's like, it's hard, you know, it's, this can be hard and it can be complicated. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't have, I don't have any false sense that this is not going to be hard and challenging, but at the same time, what relationship isn't hard and challenging? Like I've been, 
<laughs> I've been with um I don't know Have you not seen the movies? Okay. <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle. It was perfect. I haven't seen that movie. Cinderella. <laughs> but I was like Hello, every relationship like the notebook. <laughs> yes. Kiss me in the rain. So that was that was so how we can get pneumonia after. <laughs> That's how I looked at it. Just like I've been before Ajani I'd only been in three serious committed or serious relationships and all three of those ended up badly in one way or another the other person was not uh as forthcoming or honest or many different things um but men (laughs) and it's not you know just a disgruntled ex uh, you know talking bad about their the other but it really it was either cheating or something else that occurred um and so i had and to my, I mean, I didn't know their diagnosis, if they had any mental uh, uh, conditions that they, they needed to look into, but to my knowledge, they didn't. And I'm like, those were three relationships with supposedly healthy people that were, you know, quote unquote normal. And I had a lot of um, challenges with them. So I'm like, what would be the difference here? Like, I mean, it's something that. I'm sure it will be challenging and hard, but, you know, it's like um, my parents would tell me everything that's worthwhile in life is going to be hard. It's going to be hard to attain and hard to maintain or, it's you know, um, it's worth fighting for, I guess. So that's how I looked at it. Um, I liked him enough to, I felt strongly enough about my feelings to want to go down this road without really knowing exactly what it would entail. But I knew that if our love was true, that we would survive. <laughs> no, um, I, I knew that, you know, it would be challenging, but I cared enough for him to want to be up to those challenges. And I think that's the most important part is that, you know, you got to be honest with yourself as how you feel. And um, I think that would really help, you know, if you feel if you feel really strongly for someone, then then you know there are very little things that should stop you from wanting to be in that relationship, and and definitely mental illness should not be one of them because there's a lot of undiagnosed people out there, <laughs> and just because they're having big diagnoses doesn't mean they're not dealing with stuff. But but it's like I mentioned originally, it's like there is no single relationship out there that has that has no problems. And based on my own person, the people that have been around my whole life, you know, relationships that we see out in public from everything from celebrities to just, you know, those talk shows and stuff like that. And like every relationship has their problems. This is just a different set of problems. And it's been a journey and I've learned a lot. And um, and it's, if anything, it's made me, I feel like it's made me a better person because I've more... A more understanding and I learned to I've learned about this new medical side that I wasn't familiar with um well I am more understanding well, yes well, I see you I shaking your head and... <laughs> no but welcome, it, I, I feel like it's made me a more empathetic person as well so I mean there's a lot of things that I can go on but... yeah that's what that's what I do I change the world <laughs> 
one person at a time. To, to me, like the way that I've always seen it is that relationships are meant to, they should be mutual. So they should help each, each of the partners in that relationship grow and, you know, um, grow not only individually, but um, in some ways, quote unquote, spiritually and in many different ways. Yeah, I've, I've definitely grown being with you. He's becoming he's become an adult. I feel like I have to be I have to be so clean and organized. I I feel so old, you know, like <laughs> I can't live like I used to in my bachelor pad. Exactly. You know, Chris, Chris has an office to himself. Do I get an office? No. I just I just hang out in the living room, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. But yeah, well, it's been great. It's been wonderful. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> uh, Braylon, you've dated somebody else with BPD, right? Um, I have dated several people that have had their <clears throat> own diagnoses. Um, and like what Chris said, I'm sure that I've come across others who just went undiagnosed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just, I was just saying, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yes, yes, I have. So, what would be your advice to somebody that is dating somebody, somebody that has BPD that's dating somebody else with BPD? Or, I guess not advice, but what what has been your experience? Is, has that been... I mean, I'm sure it has been challenging. I'm sure it has been challenging. Like we said, every every relationship has its challenges. But what has that been like? Because I've never I've dated ah. people that I I felt like were uh, either, probably narcissists more. I don't think anybody that had BPD probably like depression. But I don't know. I just I just wonder about that because I, I don't think I would want to date somebody else that has BPD. Like. <laughs> like I just I just feel like I I'm not saying I wouldn't but I'm just saying I just don't think I would because I'm just like well, I just feel like I like I just the think other it's so day hard. the other day when I had a little bit of a, a mental breakdown and I was over I don't know I was overstrained I guess or something and I kind of shut down like like I got really mad and and I just went into the room and, and started crying and you were like, what's going on? And I wasn't communicating. And you're like, Christian, what did you say? Like, it can only be one person. Yeah, I'm just like, they're going, okay, what, what's going on? No, you can't be breaking down. No, I need to know. Because, you know, that I, I think that's really what it is. Like, I, if I feel like if I date somebody else with BPD, what if we're, like, both depressed at the same time? You know? Or what if, what if we're both going through, you know, we're splitting at the same time? You know? It, it, so I feel like Chris doesn't have those challenges. So when he like breaks down or something happens to him, I'm just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Like, am I am I strong enough to help him? Like, he helps me all the time, but I don't know if I can. You yeah. know what? Yeah. What do I do when my support system starts breaking down? You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think so. For me, um, again, having experience with different people, different mental illnesses. Um, Much like Chris said, I think um, first step is 
always being open and honest about that. So, you know, sharing with one another um, truthfully what's going on with us and taking some time, each of us, to reflect on that. Um, and I think for me, I have had it turn out awfully and I have had it, you know, kind of as you described, you know, you're both kind of going down that rabbit hole or down that path at the same time. And you're like, oh my goodness, we can't help each other. Um, (laughs) But then I have also had relationships and friendships alike. Um, I've had both that, you know, you kind of play off of each other um, in a manner of speaking. So, okay. You know, and I guess it would be much... It, it would be much like your dynamic, you know. Uh, he's he's having a breakdown. He's having a moment. So, you know, you pull him together and, and communicate with him and kind of resolve that. And, uh, you know, you're also going through something. So you sit down and you, you know, talk about that. And it's, it's all a matter of... It's all a matter of how much effort you're willing to put into it for me. Mm-hmm. Um i found that it obviously depends on the person. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. But in my experience, if you find that other person is willing to kind of win that support, even if, you know, even if they don't feel like they have it to give, um, even if they feel like, cool, okay, I'm stressed, I'm going through all this, I'm, you know, my cycle's hitting, but let me, let me just you know, check in on them, see what's going on, and let us openly communicate and talk about everything that's going on. Um, and also, I've, I've found it very key, you know, I, I've mentioned reflection, self-reflection with you guys a lot, and i found that to really be key in these situations. Um, you know, even if you're dealing with two people who are battling depression and anxiety or two people who are battling BPD, two people who are battling bipolar or, you know, any concoction of those. Um, I think it's so important to self-reflect on what's going on mentally, what, you know, what you, what your thoughts are showing you and what your thoughts are telling you where that's stemming from, what emotions those are eliciting out of you, um, how those are affecting your actions and, you know, and your impulses as far as, again, your reaction to others around you. Um, and then really taking yourself through that process of, okay, wait a minute. Is, is my emotion and the intensity of that right now match up with the problem that I'm foreseeing. Um, And I think a big portion of that and making that relationship work is absolutely making sure that you're taking all the assumptions and all of the judgment out of the problem you're stating. Um, Because I know we're human, so more times than not, we do let our minds run and we we do make preconceived notions or judgments or assessments before we really have all of our information. Um, and so really 
really just taking the time to gather all that information and really do that self-reflection so that you can have discussions and honest discussions about how you're feeling, what you're thinking, what's going on. But you can do that in a emotionally regulated state. Hmm. Um, because that communication, you know, like I said at the beginning, it's all about the trust and the communication between two people. Um, and so that communication, though, has to be, at least from my experience and, and my perspective, it has to be emotionally regulated. Um, you have to be in that state in order to effectively talk to one another. Um, so that's been my experience as far as dating people. Um, and I've been on the other side where I am struggling myself and, you know, just trying to throw as many positive thoughts of myself as possible. And, you know, we, we all like to think that that works. But there are just some times where that's not enough. Um, and just being in that situation. So I've, I've been on the back end where I definitely have to not put things on the back burner. Um, but sit there and go, okay, wait a minute. I need my support system and they are a part of my support system. Um, and so I need them to be... You know, I need to. I need that support, and so I need to check on them and and fill them with strength, so that it can be returned to me as well, and we can bounce that off of each other mm-hmm. and work with one another um, when these situations arise. And yeah, I've also been on the receiving end, um, and I have dealt with people who. You know, I have dealt with individuals who are, you know, with BPD who are like, no, I just, I, I don't have energy to deal with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just don't have the energy and I've got too much going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's, that essentially is going to happen. You know, there's going to be times like that. But, you know, again, that one person that you find who's willing to always give that, um, you know, that's, that's really important to find. And it's a really beautiful thing when you find. Um, and I think that goes for BPD relationships or just regular relationships in yeah. general, you know. You, you always, you know, you all have to be putting coins into that piggy bank, you know, equally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of giving and receiving equally um and so i think definitely familiarizing yourself and definitely um you know we've talked about before how every illness or disorder affects an individual a little differently we all have different triggers we all have different um you know just because obviously all of our lives are a little are different you know we've all been through different trauma different things um, and so, again, really diving in all the way and getting to know what what triggers that person and kind of what boundaries you can and can't push as far as, like, you know, Chris, you've talked about before, 
you know, with AJ calling him out and being like, hey, no, you're doing black and white thinking, or, you know, mm-hmm. you're making a judgment here, you're making an assumption. And from that aspect, I I used to hate when people did that with me. <laughs> oh, it used to, used to drive oh, me. Oh, you think yeah. I don't hate that? <laughs> and right? No, I know, I know. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I finally grown to the point where I, I appreciate and I respect when people do that with me because I, I understand that that's a sign from them. Like, Hey, I want you to be at your best mm-hmm. and this mental, this mental illness doesn't define you or our relationship. So, you know, I'm going to call you out and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to discuss when I see patterns happening or when I see, you know, things unhealthy happening so that you can be aware and, you know, hopefully regulate to be your best always. Yeah. And I, and I think that's only, that only comes when you become more comfortable with the person, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I would have been able to tell you that the first year that we were together. But as you, as your love grows and you become more comfortable with each other, it's like now, you know, I know that if we are in a fight, I'm like, because Ajani doesn't like when we get in fights or um, if I'm upset or something. And I'm like, just because I'm upset and I don't like you right now doesn't mean I don't love you. (laughs) Like, I cannot like you right now. Because you're doing this or that. But that doesn't mean I don't love you. I don't like when you don't like me. I'm like, why don't you love me? <laughs> I'm wearing your ring. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> and that, and that's, but that's the point is that, you know, a lot of things will happen and can happen. But your love for that person, and that's when you know it's, you know, love or that it's something real and substantial that you should, that you would want to invest more time and energy into is that despite all of those things you still care for that person and you still want to be with that person um hashtag love wins <laughs> yes <laughs> hashtag love wins and i'm like and as we were talking i'm like thinking you know what i said earlier about every relationship have problems and we're talking about well can two people who have mental illness will that relationship work yes of course it can it can um, I think both people have to be actively working exactly. on themselves. It's like Raylene yeah. said, you both oh, have to absolutely. be very absolutely. vigilant and active about your taking care of yourself so yeah, that and you have, can take care of someone. Have really good communication and be honest. I and, think those, and as she was really saying that, I'm like, well, you know, there's relationships where you have a progressive Democrat and a conservative Republican and somehow they make it work. There's relationships oh, that have... I like to see it. I, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, my God. So I've seen some on, 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 online or on TV where supposedly these relationships exist. I, would, I think I would pay to sit and sit in that house. Or could, like you a could you imagine, like, the husband's like, I voted for Trump, but the wife is like, I voted for Hillary, and we live in the same house. <laughs> I'm or, a liberal, and or, I'm a conservative. Or, like, a, um, a no. religious person with a non-religious person. Those are maybe more more common. Yeah. 
It just gets complicated when there are kids yeah. involved and in things. Would, well, <laughs> that's my point is that each relationship has their own unique challenges. So a person who goes into a relationship with someone who has a mental illness, that doesn't mean they're that because of that they're going to have more challenges. It just means that their challenges are going to be different. Maybe they won't have it as uh, the challenges of a cheating spouse or something like that. That's a challenge that a lot that a lot of um, unfortunately a lot of people face, and it's mainly because one partner or the other is not willing to be completely honest mm-hmm. in what they need and want, and so. Um, but it goes back to the point that every relationship has their own unique challenges. Just like Berlin says mm-hmm. with, with when she was in a relationship with somebody else who had a mental illness, those were unique challenges to that relationship. And I think for me, my biggest advice would be to be open and honest with yourself about your own feelings and what you can, what you believe you're able to, um, accept or not accept, but what you're able to cope with, I suppose, because you know if you are struggling with depression or something else, if you have certain things that you're struggling with, you may not be in the mindset to accept these other strains, mm-hmm. right? So, and it's perfectly perfectly fine if you can't do that. If you say, for example, you you've given them what another person had. A family member that they had to go through this it, it it can be difficult and it's it's okay to say i just can't do that right now i'm not in that time in my life where i can i don't feel comfortable and if you're on the receiving end it's nothing personal you know it's not because even though it will feel very personal i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it will and, and um but it you know you you have to Get your talk to your support group, you know, your support of the people, your friends and family, and those people who love you. That's what the time when you should turn to them, you know, because you do need support. Just like when I got rejected for being for what, you know, I got rejected too, and supposedly I don't have a mental illness, but you know, there's a lot of things that people just didn't like about me that they didn't feel like were what they wanted, you know. And yes, it's personal when it can feel personal when you're going through it, but. You know, you just have to pick yourself up and I'm like, well, that person was obviously not for me, but I'm sure there's another person out there that is. Yeah. I mean, really thinking back on it, like if somebody told me about, you know, they can't accept me because of my mental illness or they wouldn't date me because that is probably for the best, you know, you know, it's not really something personal. It's probably for the best because that would, you know, what if they weren't honest about that and then we went down that road? that road and then right. i found out three years down the road and... <laughs> you know what i didn't want to do this anyway <laughs> <laughs> but you know re- yeah projection's hard but it's good just move that out of the way that... because you'll find the right person eventually yeah, it's like weeding out the people that you don't want to be in your life anyways right yeah, yeah it's, and it's, it's like weeding out what's not for you exactly and every relationship needs to be fa- uh, found uh, it needs to be founded on a stable uh, foundation of honesty, uh, and I think that's the the main point is honesty and mutual respect for one another, mm-hmm. um, and that's the only way to make any relationship work. Whether we're talking about mental illness or any other things, if you have disagreements on, if you have those mutual understanding, then you can make it work, and. Mm-hmm. 
It's not to say that there's not going to be challenges. There are. But when those challenges come up, because you have that mutual respect for one another, you, you have been honest up to that point, And you care for that person. You're willing to move past those uh, challenges and work through them. You, you, because every challenge, you have to invest time and energy. And, and if you don't have that rock uh, solid foundation, then you're not going to want to invest that time and energy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's how some relationships, you know, fail because if they move too fast in the beginning, they're in this relationship, they've never worked on those um, core thing, building blocks in the early on. So when something comes up, they're like, ah, this is too much. I just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And they just break, <laughs> they just break up. Like I'll find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not the way to go about relationships. Yeah, I guess the main point you can take from that is to be honest, to be open. We keep going back to that point. <laughs> and you will find love. <laughs> we, I feel like because we, it's, it's a broken because, record. Well, I mean, I beat into their heads, okay? <laughs> it's how everything comes together. If you're not honest with, with the person, it's not going to be a great relationship because you guys are going to be so far apart. And keeping secrets and... Oh, keeping secrets is the worst. And then, you know, just like every soap opera, secrets always come out, you know? <laughs> or somebody has to... You know, like like Chris, I know the, the code to Chris's phone, and he knows how to unlock my phone. Like, I would never try to lock my phone from him. Even... it, I, I just don't want to have any kind of... Uh, well, any mystery, like I'm trying it's not to hide like, something. And it's not like know? we go through each other's phones. You know, like I well, sometimes I need to like use your phone for something if I just want to. Um, right. No, but like I mean going through and... as in searching, yeah. and trying to find something. We don't do that. But I would be suspicious, Chris, if I was like, "Oh, let me pick up Chris's phone. I need to hop on. I need to look up something really fast, and I couldn't get in." I'd be like, "Wait, what? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> then this is the same code he had yesterday. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, people. I, people have their own different opinions about privacy, yeah. even within relationships. But I'm just, but, I'm just saying that it just, I, I make sure that I have my phone a lot to you because I don't, I don't want you to feel like I'm ever trying to. It keeps you to... honest, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I can delete my text messages after. <laughs> You'll never see them. <laughs> um, okay, guys. <laughs> I think we had a great conversation about dating. Does anybody want to add anything? Anything really quick? Well, I was going to kind of reiterate, I guess, in, in saying that if you're a person who has mental illness, I, I believe uh, you've told me before where you were, you used to think that you would never find anyone, that you could mm-hmm. never be happy because this thing was always going to be in your life and it was always going to cause you troubles that would keep people away. And that's simply not true. I believe that um, I, I'm i not of the mindset that there's that we have soulmates, that there's one particular person in the world that is meant for you. I don't have that. <laughs> well, what am I to you? I don't have that mentality. <laughs> I'm just some guy. <laughs> just some random guy. I'm, I'm of the belief that there are, I mean, there are multiple people that you are compatible with. And it's about finding that person who you're compatible with and learning to adapt 
to them as they will adapt to you. Um, so if you, if you have, if you know, if you have, if you're dealing with mental illness or things like that, just know that, um, you're, well, you're not alone in, in your, in your struggles, but also you're not alone in the world, that there is someone who will love you for who you are and will not care on the other, will not care of the mental condition that you have, but in fact is willing to work with you and help you in becoming a better, stronger person um, by loving you and treating you with respect. I think it's important to say, to make sure that you, you know, love your, you know, have, have healthy self-esteem and, and love for yourself, you know, before you start dating. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> you know, a big important you thing. You don't want to get, in, and, and please don't have a rebound relationship. I hated that so much. Oh yeah, I just broke up with someone two days ago and <laughs> I want to go out on a date with you. Don't do it. Just take some time off. <laughs> I mean, I guess we sh- we should mention that. I mean, I'm glad you did mention it. You do need to know to lo- how to love yourself before you can move on, before you can find someone. Mm-hmm. You do need to learn to love yourself before you can find someone to love back. And and that's not just like a a, f- a phrase or like this ethereal type of thing. It's about being comfortable in your own skin, knowing when to say no or knowing to stand up for yourself. Or knowing what you need out of a relationship. Like you told me, you know, I need someone who can help me get through these panic attacks. Or who will help me get emotionally past these moments. You know that because you've gotten to know yourself. Or at least believe mental um, illness is real, you exactly. know? Like, so, <laughs> it's like, that's, it, that's, what, what, that's what we mean when we say love yourself. It's like, know yourself. Know what you need emotionally um, and mentally. Uh, and and that's how you're able to better select the people to be with. Because if you don't know that, then you're just going to pick someone who looks nice or who says something nice. Or somebody that is treating you bad and you feel like, oh, well, this is probably the best I can do. And, exactly. Because you know? like I've been in that situation too. I'm just like, well, you know, I don't I don't think anybody's going to really love me for my BPD. So this is pretty, you know, at least, I I have, at least I have somebody, right. you know. <laughs> and no, that's not how you want to live. There's lots of guys that are single, you know. <laughs> that's not how you want to live. You want to have a loving relationship yeah. that that will uplift you and change you for the better. And, and it is it is possible to have that no matter what condition you have. And on the other end, you know, for people who don't have a mental condition, they should not be scared or running away scared because of what it can mean. Because as I mentioned before, you can find someone else who has no mental condition or anything, but they have a lot of other issues that are unresolved. Everybody's got their baggage. And exactly, everybody has their baggage. <laughs> so just because you find somebody else that doesn't have BPD or depression or something doesn't mean it's going to be a breeze of a relationship or anything like that. So, you know, just, I guess, be honest uh, and just approach things with love, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Is that too corny to say? You know, I said, I said, yeah, I said quick final words, Chris. Okay, sorry, quick. I said, I yes. said, that was under five minutes, so I, I did. Oh, really? Oh my gosh! It's like 
that's just how that's like the beginning of one of your lectures to me you know the first five minutes then you really go in (laughs) i told you to do this like it's possible people it's it's not without work but it is possible and Mm -hmm. and don't let um these obscure blog posts or these people on youtube who have a bad experience and then they go on rants on end because of it like that's just like you wouldn't take a review on Amazon for, you know, a an item that you're trying to buy. You're not going to just, you know, rely on one review. You have to think about it more broadly. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Braylon, did you have any, um, any final words? Yeah, just essentially reiterating what Chris said and absolutely understand much like everyone else, we have our people. We have, you know, I call I call my group of close-knit friends my tribe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's people out there who accept you for exactly who you are and what you are, um, flaws and all, and mental, you know, mental mishaps and all. And... Um, yeah, and again, just a reminder to never let a rejection or someone's, someone else's um, preconceived notions about things ever make you feel less worthy or less valuable um, or demeaned whatsoever because yes. you are worth everything. And, you know, we all deserve love and understanding and kindness mm-hmm. and I think that that's important just to take everywhere and absolutely it is a hundred percent possible and just like any other relationship again it's not going to be easy but you know you will find your people just keep an open heart and an open mind yes and you know, uh, allow people to filter as they need to um, until you come across your people. Right. Um, and yeah, and it absolutely will be, you know, you'll be so happy that you that you waited on, you know, on those select few. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Yes. I'm happy that I'm married and I don't have to date anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I finally rested. Like that, it. It could be a lot of a lot of pressure because you have to keep yourself, you know, looking good. And now I can just kind of like, you know, relax, gain mm-hmm. a few pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris doesn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already told him five more pounds. Over. <laughs> I mean, I had to be a little bit of an extrovert to date, so you know, like go out more and do more things. Like, ugh. but yeah, it's, it's worth it in the end. You know, if you can. Find somebody that... The hard work pays off, is what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. If you can find somebody that loves you and will accept you, then it becomes a lot lot easier. Well, you can. You just have to be willing to work for it. Yeah. And it's putting up work ahead of that relationship by, you know, treating yourself well. And like um, Brianne said... Uh, I'm sorry, Ray Lynn said. Um, I just edit that out. Oh no, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. I'm sorry, Ray Lynn. 
Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, cultivating your community, your your tribe, as she mentions, to help you. All of that takes work, and and it's work that's necessary to to find someone that's suitable for you. So, anyways, I think that was a really good. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I just. <laughs> I was just going to end the episode by just saying, you know, Braylon, since you're you're single, you know, we know OK Keep It pretty well. You know, Chris is a photographer and he does graphic design, so he could, you know, and and I could help you with your profile. You know, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very witty, as you've seen. You oh, know, gosh. like I'm, so I'm I'll very. I'll take the portraits and create some nice infographics yes. for her. You don't oh, even okay. have to write anything, Braylon. You can just apply like some photos or something, and I'll just make up something. You know, I, I've, been, I've been dying to do like a 70s pinup style photo shoot, so I may just take you up on that. Ooh, I haven't done it. <laughs> we're like, oh, <laughs> we're so gay. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's funny. No, but I, I haven't done a pinup shoot, but that does seem that does always look fun. Wow. Yeah. Let me know when you're ready. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, thank you again for joining us uh, for this episode of Borderline Dillis. Um, thank you, Braylon, for being a part of this episode and, and coming back on once again. Yeah, we love having you. It was you. nice. And it was you know, nice catching up with you as well before the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, always. All right, All right guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Sunday. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.